When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Super wild card weekend. Kevin Seifert joins us. He does a phenomenal job covering the Minnesota Vikings for ESPN. So, Kevin, first things first, um, let's look back before we look forward. And as we know, the Vikings did beat the Giants in Week 16, 27-24, two OTs, overtimes, of course, block punt, uh, unfortunately for the Giants, 61-yard field goal for the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants feel they've got robbed. They feel like they should have won that game. What are the Vikings players saying about Week 16? Um, you know, they uh, they felt like, first of all, they know that you don't often win on a 61-yard field goal, so they feel, uh, I think, appropriately humble about that. Um, and they were uh, not happy, uh, coaching staff especially, that, after they took that lead with the Justin Jefferson touchdown late in the fourth quarter that they allowed the Giants really to march right back down the field and uh, tie the game up when really they should have been in a position that they felt to lock it down and, and close it up. And so they, uh, they had plenty to point out to players about uh, things that need to be improved off that game. And so I, they, they noted that. And they also have talked a lot about the pressure, the various pressures they got from the Giants and their defense coordinator, Wink Martindale. I think uh, Kirk Cousins was blitzed like 43% of his dropbacks, and he got sacked four times and was uh, hit on nine other occasions. And so they focused a lot on that as well. And so while they won many games, 11 in fact, uh, in similar ways uh, in terms of one-score games, they know that that was a particularly fortunate turn of events, I believe. You know, this, this is what I find really interesting. Um, so this is a Vikings team. They have 10 wins trailing um, eight of those 10. They've been trailing in the fourth quarter. They have a minus 87 point differential in quarters one through three, but a plus 78 point differential in the fourth quarter. Why is it? What is it about the fourth quarter that this team, we find, obviously, statistics, stats don't lie. We see them finding yeah. a different gear in the fourth quarter to come back and, and win these one-score games. I think it's a, a variety of things. One is that I think one thing that Kevin O'Connell and his coaching staff brought was a really sophisticated and nuanced approach to, um, you know, to those, those important situations late in games, late uh, in in drives, uh, in the most important areas of margin uh, where you often see NFL games won or lost, they're really good in those in terms of play calling, in terms of managing the clock, in terms of managing timeouts, in terms of keeping the ball away from the opposition as much as they can. So that's part of it. Part of it is that for all people have talked about Kirk Cousins in terms of his prime time and reaction to pressure and all those sort of things. He has been at his very best in the fourth quarter um, in terms of, and one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks this season in terms of touchdown passes and yards and 
I believe his fourth quarter QBR was in the top 10 as well. And so while he has had in some ways an up and down season, uh, he has been at his very best in those fourth quarters, leading drives, throwing just, and not just, you know, being a leader, but throwing some really low percentage uh, passes that have been completed either because he trusted Justin Jefferson to make uh, contested catches or he just threaded a needle or threw a dime or what have you, but he's been great. And the final thing has been the defense, uh, especially Patrick Peterson, the veteran cornerback, has been really opportunistic. I believe the stat was they led the league in interceptions after the start of the fourth quarter. So while their defense was giving up a lot of yards and letting teams get into position for scores, more often than not, they were winning games because somebody on defense, whether it was Peterson or Cam Bynum or Harrison Smith, uh, were causing a turnover or uh, most likely an interception that were stopping those drives. And so you add those three things up, and I think you have a pretty good picture of why they were able to do what you described there at the outset. Kevin Seifert joining us here uh, on on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, one thing, again, stats don't lie. The Minnesota Vikings, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, giving up 30, 30th in yards per play, 28th in score rate uh, for their opponents. And this is, this is what I find interesting. 73 plays that they have given up of 20 yards or more. I'll go back to week 16. Daniel Jones, 334 passing yards total of 445 total yards this Giants team was able to put up against the Minnesota Vikings. What, what are you anticipating them to do differently this time around? Um, I think they'll try to do a little, some different things to put more pressure on, on Daniel Jones. Um, you always have to be cognizant of him as a runner. And so I think that they felt um, that if they sent too many people after him and he was able to get through that first wave, there'd be a lot of uh, room for him, real estate for him to gain as a, as a runner. But uh, you know, and, and there's no doubt he has made some improvements this year, but I think the Vikings are less likely to allow him to sit back and, and do what he did in that game, which in many cases was sort of have plenty of time to, to find an open receiver in their zone. And so that's something that Kevin O'Connell has harped on here for the past four or five weeks is, is varying up the pass rush, the types of pass rushes they use, the people they use in pass rush, the numbers of people that they send after quarterbacks to really have a less predictable uh, pass defense because they have played a lot of zone this year. And that's sort of the philosophy that they, that they have used more often than not, but, and that's great. But if you, if you aren't able to get much of a pass rush then every NFL quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Kirk cousins or anybody in between is going to find the holes in that zone. And so I really think that's something that they're going to, need to focus on and are aware that they need to focus on as well. Um, you know, really, really this, this, this matchup is really interesting in, in a number of ways, especially let's, let's talk about the head coaching situation, right? Both these teams have first time head coaches. So this will be their first experience heading into the postseason um, and the playoffs. As we know, it's, it's a different animal. It's a different element, different energy, faster pace of play, all that being said. Uh, Dable had the opportunity to rest his players last week, right? The Giants did not play their starters against Philadelphia. I- I'm curious, M- Minnesota did play their starters last week. What Were, were you surprised that they did so? I want to say, did they start resting their players towards the end of the game? What, what, what happened in Week 18 with the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, they had um, sort of an outside shot to impact their seeding. If they had 
beat the Bears and the 49ers had lost to the Cardinals, which was a very unlikely scenario, obviously, with the Cardinals being where they're at and the 49ers being where they're at, uh, the Vikings had a chance to move up to the number two seed, which would have guaranteed them two home uh, playoff games instead of potentially only one. Um, and so they didn't feel like they could just pack it in and, and throw in the towel. You know, you could argue whether that's the right move or not, but Kevin O'Connell's feeling was he could not sit by and, and potentially allow a chance to be the number two seed slip, you know, slip by not even trying to win the game. And so um, he decided that, he combined that with the idea that they had just gotten blown out by the Packers and he didn't want to enter the playoffs um, with sort of not being able to, in his mind, flush the bad taste out of their mouth from that Packers game. And so they knew the bears were not trying to win that game and they were very much in position, trying to get in position to be the number one draft pick. So I think he thought they could go play, have their starters play a half, really, you know, move up and down the field, stop the Bears' offense pretty consistently and get the guys out at halftime and call it a win. And so that's what they did. Um, you know, they, they were probably fortunate. You look at what the Chargers did with Mike Williams mm-hmm. and other players, and, you know, Dalvin Cook did go down with an ankle injury in that game. It turned out that he had just been cleated, and so he had some discomfort but no actual structural injury, which – I guess they were fortunate about, and they were fortunate that none of their other frontline guys really had any injuries before they got everybody out of there around halftime. And so that's sort of the thinking that went into it. Um, you can certainly debate whether that uh, was the right you know, approach or not. I think they probably should consider themselves fortunate that it didn't have any real serious repercussions. But in the end, they got their guys some work. They got them out of the game. They did, most of their frontline guys did not play a full game at all. Um, you know, maybe half, a few of them were deactivated just for safekeeping. And so they will go into this game very healthy and having flushed that uh, Packers game out of their system if they felt like they needed to do that. And we're fortunate that there was no further consequence from that. Um, just out of, you're, you're talking about injuries and whatnot. I, I know the Minnesota Vikings have had uh, their share of injuries to the offensive line. I know how important that offensive line is going to be um, on Sunday against uh, Wink Martindale and, of course, that blitz-happy defense. Where, where does everything stand right now with O'Neal and Bradbury and Darisaw? And, you know, what is, what is this Vikings offensive line? Who's going to be the, the starting five on, on, on Sunday? Yeah, it, it, the big picture, they're very fortunate. It appears as though they'll have four of their five primary starters. The one guy they're not going to have is right tackle uh, Brian O'Neill, who uh, had an Achilles injury in that Packers game two weeks ago, and he's out for the until next year. Uh, he'll be replaced uh, as of now by Ole Udo, uh, who has had experience playing a lot of different positions on the line. And they activated a backup who had been injured named Blake Brandle, who could also get some work. But the rest of their line is going to be their starters. And the big one was Garrett Bradbury, the center, who had uh, missed five games because of a back injury. He practiced all week and feels good, and he's going to start. They would have been down to their third-string center if he was not able to play because their backup center is injured as well. But they'll have Christian Derrissaw at left tackle. They'll have Ezra Cleveland at left guard, and they'll have Ed Ingram at right guard. So all told, uh, they're in better shape than I think even they maybe thought they would be uh, when this week began with four of their five starters uh, slated to play in this game. Uh, Let's talk about Saquon Barkley for a second. Uh, Week 16, 14 carries, 84 yards. He did score a touchdown. He had 10 targets, eight receptions, 49 yards. This is a Vikings team 
They're solid against the run, only giving up 3.9 yards per carry, but they have allowed 12 rushing touchdowns. I know we spent some time earlier talking about Daniel Jones. How do they look to contain Saquon Barkley, who, again, didn't play last week by week for them, uh, didn't didn't play against uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So with that being said, he's probably rested, ready to go. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that can really give a defense like the Vikings fits because uh, if he gets into that second level, there's going to be a lot of space and potential for him to break some tackles. And, and you saw that a little bit um, in the uh, from the rushing perspective in that Week 16 game. I'd also, if I were the Vikings, be worried about him in the passing game as well because, um, again, there, there is space. There has been space to be had against this defense most of the year. And I think we all know what what Saquon can do with the ball in his hand when he's given a little bit of room to operate. And so that would be – him as a receiver, I think, would worry me almost as much as him as a runner. And that's not to take anything away from him as a runner. And so uh, that's something I'll be watching for sure is to see the extent to which the Giants try to feature him in their passing game, um, just knowing that, that there's going to be some open space in various spots on the field. All right, Kevin, before we let you go, I've got to ask you, game script, how do you see this playing out? Who wins? What's the score? All the things. Please share with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, in talking to people about this game, I think when you look at, at how, much, um, how many times the Vikings won these one-possession games, everyone thinks that that is, is potentially a positive for them in the playoffs. But historically, teams have not necessarily sustained that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go into this game and lose a close game uh, in the playoffs. And, and it could very well be the Giants. If I had to pick somebody, I think that Giants have a pretty good uh, good chance to do that. And um, score, I don't know, I'd, I'd be guessing, but you know, tw- the 27-24 range would seem to be about right. And you wonder if the Vikings' uh, good fortune in these close games uh, might dry up. Well, that's music to the ears of Giants fans listening right now. So, uh, so Kevin, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really do appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Sunday. No problem. Just tell those Giants fans not to tell the Vikings fans what I said. <laughs> All right. Yep. Your secret is safe with us. <laughs> All right. Great. Th- thanks for having me. All right. I want to thank Kevin for joining us here on New York Game Day. Still a lot more coming your way. Buckle up. Getting you ready. For, of course, that Giants-Vikings game kickoff around 4.30 this afternoon. That's right. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, and you. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Joining us is Giants insider Jordan Renan. Jordan, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Kiwi, good morning. It's Super Wild Card Weekend, right? So. <laughs> well, let's start right there. Like, super, not just Wild Card Weekend. It's super, super wild card weekend. Absolutely. What were what were your super takeaways from from last night? Man, wow. Uh, you better keep playing until that game's over. I guess that's the, uh-huh. that's the takeaway uh, because that Jacksonville game. Wow. Yeah, you're not supposed to turn the ball over. I, I I don't know if I could ever remember a game where a team turned the ball over five times in the first half and once, but. Uh, uh, you just got to play to the end, I guess. That's that's the uh, moral of the story here. Or else yeah. you'll be finding yourself like the L.A. Chargers and probably Brandon Staley out of a job. Yeah, I think I think I think for me also it highlighted the importance of um, team defense or team play defense specifically, um, and and then perseverance. You know, we we've talked a lot. You know, moving into um, you know giant stuff, we've talked a lot about the perseverance of this team, especially you mm-hmm. know, on the offensive side of the ball, the things that they've been through. We talked about Daniel Jones and the amount of changes that he's had to endure, coaching staff wise, and you know offensive schematics, and um, you know the defense seems to be coming along right now. You know what what are your um, uh, what is something that, that you can give us to, to key? Somebody who's closer to the game than we are, you know, obviously his playoffs are coming and there's a lot more reported, but like, like give, give us some stuff that you've seen that you don't think is um, publicized as much. Yeah, I think when you talk to the Giants this week, they thought they should have won that first game, right? They, they look at that game and they're like, man, that was uncharacteristic for us. That What we've done this year is we've made the key plays in the key spots, right? Mm-hmm. They've made, they, that's, that's how they've won. Stay close in the fourth quarter, make key plays and key spots. They said if they could focus on the details this week, those little details throughout the week, that that could be the difference. Like that, that's the difference. Like that's how they feel they've won nine games this year, why they're in the playoffs. But that's what they've done throughout the season. It didn't happen in the fourth quarter in that previous meeting. But if they do that this time, they feel like and, – and that gives them confidence that game, let's be honest, mm-hmm. right? They, lost, they might have lost, but they look at that and they say, we played good enough to win if we take away those miscues. Those, and really, they're uncharacteristic miscues for this team in the fourth quarter. So I think that's when I, my biggest takeaway from talking to guys in the locker room this week. So you, so you, do you think that the, um, you know, the, the lack of experience, the fact that not a lot of these you know, guys on this team have been in the playoffs. Like, how do you think that that's going to affect them? Is that something that they have to overcome, or do you think that they've grown enough through the adversity that they've, you know, been through this year? Yeah, you know, I do think that is something that they are going to have to deal with early. You saw last night, I think, in that Jacksonville game, right? You could see Trevor Lawrence and some of these guys. You know, it, it might take you a while to settle into your first playoff game because it is different, right? 
uh, you know, that's kind of what Eli told, uh, you know, Daniel Jones told me, he, he called Eli this week and said, you know, kind of what should I expect from the playoffs? And we said is the intensity is higher, but you have to find a way to, to stay the same. It's still, it's still a football game. It's still the same. Now, granted, some players have said that, you know, when Kent, Chris Canty, when I talked to him, said the speed's faster. Um, it's just a different level. But I think it's about getting settled in. Now, if you're the Giants, you don't want it to take a whole half like it did for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. But I do expect it to take that first quarter's key of, mm-hmm. okay, how long till they can settle in and sort of get into the groove? Okay, we know where we are now. It just becomes a football game. You've been in these spots, Kiwi. You know, mm-hmm. you, you feel it, right? Yep. But then once you start playing, at, at, at some point it becomes football, right? I mean, is, is that sort of what your experience has been like? Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, you, um, you know, the difference in the playoffs is that there are so many more distractions around you, and if you're not accustomed to that or if you don't have people who can prepare you for that, you know, it can, it can set you off without you even really knowing it. You know, you can kind of get outside of your routine and then end up doing things that, you wouldn't normally have done and that can have an effect on the game and so that's why i always think about you know veteran and veteran leadership but when you look at a team like this you know and the the run that they've had the the adversity that they've suffered through this this core group of guys and and being able to do it together i mean there's obviously been a lot of comparisons to you know the the first super bowl team that i was on and you know strahan was in there this week and and you know the, the whole the hype and the, the buzz is, is circling around so you know it's an opportunity in my opinion, for everybody to um, to contribute. Um, you yeah, know, so we I, have to be realistic, though. That wasn't that wasn't that team's first foray into the playoffs, right? So you kind of had taste of it beforehand. Yeah, and which which was important, and you know that that's yeah. You know, kind of what I'm what I'm pointing to is like, what are they, what are they going to draw on? You know, when they get into that that point of the game, you know, like how we saw, you know, Brock Purdy struggle a little bit, um, you know, going into the half. When they get into a a, a, a point of the game when there's some you know unex, unexpected things are happening, uh, what do you think that they're going to be able to draw from in order to get a win? Yeah, I think this team what they they've said it this week because this is what they don't have that playoff experience, right? So what they have is hey. Look, we've played in playoff-type games these last five, six weeks when everyone was saying, well, this is the biggest game of their season. This is the biggest game of their season. This is the biggest game of their season, right? <laughs> yep. This is the biggest game of Daniel Jones' career. He's on his seventh biggest game of his career this week, you know? like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what it was like down the stretch. So that's what they have, right? They don't have the previous experiences. Like the Buffalo Bills are going to be this year saying, we remember that game last year against Buffalo. Well, the Giants mm-hmm. don't have that. What they have to lean on is saying, look at these – down the stretch, those games against Washington, uh, the game against um, Indianapolis where we clinched it. Like, those are the games that this team is going to have to lean on. And so we were able to do it then. We were able to play our game when we needed it in those spots. We could do it here. So I think that's what they have. That's, that's, you know, that's what they're going to deal with. You never know. Maybe it works. Uh, maybe, maybe they're just sort of paying their dues right now because, like we said, it is their first trip to the, to the postseason. And, you know, you look at teams, and it usually takes a little while to – sort of build up and make that Super Bowl run. And uh, first year, first quarterbacks making their playoff debuts, Kiwi, entering yesterday when, by the way, every quarterback was a first-year quarterback <laughs> by making his playoff debut, 12 and 24 over the last decade. So now it's, what, uh, 14 and 26. Hmm. So it's not great. I mean, it's, it's tough. And you look on the other side, you have Kirk Cousins, who everyone, you know, has kind of slammed for not being good at these in these kind of games where, where he's like, all right, 
I'm in my, what was it, fourth try here. And, you know, can I get over the hump? Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's, gonna, it, it's, a, it's a big obstacle that the Giants face today. And they're on the road in a tough environment. They really are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to me about the, the defense specifically. You know, we have um... – you know, Thibodeau and Ojolari finally like healthy. That's something that I've been looking for this entire season. But uh, what are your expectations mm-hmm. from from um, Wink and and how do you think that they are going to approach this game? The expectation from Wink always is to be he's going to blitz. I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's his philosophy. He's not shy about it. You say, you know, there were some plays in the last game, you know, where you could say, well, why do you blitz in that spot? You know, third and. 17 at the late in the game and like 20 seconds left and they hit him with a screen and they, and you know for the game winning field goal sets him up for the game winning field goal but he's unapologetic like that's who he is he's gonna blitz and that's the philosophy now what he does have that he hasn't had pretty much all year they played us in 60 snaps together the entire season is Leonard Williams Dexter Lawrence in the middle and on the edge you have Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. And so that's a big boost. And then you look at the back end. The last time, remember, we're talking about they should have beat the Vikings last time. They made those key mistakes. Well, they're getting half their secondary back, right? Adoree Jackson's back at cornerback now. I don't know. He's been out for seven weeks. I don't know if we want to see him guarding Justin Jefferson one-on-one, right? Hey, seven weeks, you're out. Come guard Justin Jefferson one-on-one. Not sure we want to see anyone guarding Justin Jefferson number, you know, one-on-one, even if they're, you know, they've been playing for the last seven weeks. And then Xavier McKinney, too, uh, the, you know, the safety who was out with the ATV accident the last two times. So the Giants are in much better shape. Uh, even though they might be able to bring pressure without blitzing, I wouldn't expect that. That's what Wink Martindale does, and that's what he's going to do. And, and uh, they have to have more success because Kirk Cousins uh, did exceptionally well against the 13 completions last time against the Blitz. Nine went for first down, Kiwi. Okay, put your, put your coaching hat on. When you're watching this Minnesota team, what things would you like to see the Giants exploit this weekend? Oh, man, you've got to go after that secondary. They, this team, is the Giants are going to have to hit some big pass plays, right? I, I get it. You want to control the ball because you don't want to get into a shootout. They have a lot of weapons. Their secondary is not very good. Their slot cornerback, uh, Chandon Sullivan, is a guy that they took advantage of last time. I'd expect them to do it again in this game. Look for Richie James to be targeted uh, early and often. And uh, But you get against the secondary, they're not fast. They're not very good. They've given up a lot of big plays. They're going to have to find ways. And Mike Kafka and Brian Dable, uh, they haven't gone this way very often this year, right? They, they kind of opened it up in that first meeting against Minnesota, but we haven't seen it much this season. They're going to have to find ways to get the ball downfield. And the most dangerous player for the Giants in that situation is Darius Slayton. So I think he could have some big, really big plays in this game. Hmm. All right. And one last one before I get you out of here. Uh, um, who do you think wins this game and why? Man, I've been going back and forth. I thought that the Vikings getting uh, Garrett Bradbury back this week, the center, is huge. He's a smaller center. He you know, gets out and moves well. But still, when you're talking about a third-string center would have been there in there instead, dealing with Dexter Lawrence, I think that could be a difference here. And I just think it's a tough atmosphere first time around for the Giants. I kind of predicted the same score as last time, 27-24 Vikings. I'm playing the villain role here, I know. Everybody's going to hate me. But uh, 
I don't know. Everybody, for some reason, everybody's just on the Giants. It makes me a little nervous. Like, are we overlooking the Vikings a little bit? Like, I feel like the Vikings are getting the shaft here from people because they're 13 and four, and it's like, oh, they're not good. They stink. Like, they're 13 and four. Mm-hmm. So that that does scare me a little bit. But the Giants most certainly, you know, I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Giants won this game. Because, yeah, this, like you said, they, they played them well last game and they had the opportunities to win. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jordan. We always appreciate you coming on and giving your insight. Stay with us as we take a break. Coming back, we'll have Mike Tannenbaum joining us. And as always, Anita Marks, I'm Matthias Kiwanuka, 98.7 ESPN Game Day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Get ready for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. That's right, it's time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. We heard what Jordan Renan had to say, Matthias. So with that being said, what are the three keys, if not more, you feel the Giants need to do in order to uh, to beat the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I, th- I think this is this is a different experience. This is playoff football for a lot of these guys. This is the first time that they've had this experience. And so um, a lot of things are swirling. So my keys are, are not just football related. It also has to do with, you know, everything that they're they're going through right now and that that means like time management you know in order for them to win like what has already happened in terms of how they manage their time how they approach this week of practice how they um you know prepared in in terms of you know what their scouting report was that was very important you know and it's going to be important coming into the game on the field i think saquon barkley has to have a good showing it doesn't mean that he necessarily has to put up the 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 best numbers he needs to be available when daniel jones uh needs him you know we saw in the san fran game when brock purdy struggled mccaffrey was able to you know get in there and run the ball consistently and give him give his team a little bit of time and that's where i think uh saquon is going to have to come into the picture um uh, more so than anything else and then we heard coach say it you know you got to hit number eight you got to get this, this defensive front um you know is is going to have a huge opportunity to to be the reason why this team is going to win i genuinely think like if they can you know you know create pass rush opportunities for each other um you know, and, and get hits on the quarterback, then they will win the game. So uh, running it back, uh, time management, uh, Saquon Barkley's availability in the key moments, um, and then uh, hitting the quarterback and getting those turnovers. Okay, so those are your keys to the game. Uh, it is now time for my locks of the week. Let's do it. Anita's three locks of the week. 
All right. Went 3-0 last week. Who am I? I have no idea. I'm 38-16 and 16 on the season. I tell you what, I should have played that covers app game that we had here. I don't know why I didn't. Stupid. Um, next year. Next year. You got to do it next year. Yeah, now, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Trust yourself. Um, so 70% on the season so far. And, and folks out there, if you're listening and you don't wager, someone who's like 57, 58, 59% on the season, you're winning. That's that's a, 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 a solid professional handicapper is happy anywhere around 58, 57, 58, 59. I'm 70% on these. And here's another thing. Shame on me. If I would just wager on these three picks, you know how many new pairs of shoes I'd, I'd be sporting right now, buddy? <laughs> I'd be sporting a lot. The problem is I just don't I just don't wager on three games. I, I wager on everything. And so unfortunately I'm not at seventy percent of the season. I'm I'm I wanna say like I wanna I'm somewhere around I'm somewhere around fifty-eight, fifty-nine on the season. Uh if I just would have stayed with these three plays each and every week, uh, you know, obviously and this is another example of why less is more. Right? We hear this a, t- a lot of a, a lot of time, uh, a lot of the time in regard to things in life, right? Less is more. Yeah. Yep. And and this is one of those situations. But nonetheless, on to done, Cincinnati. You've done the research, <laughs> you, you put in the time. You've done the research. So it's not you're not, you're not just picking blindly here. Like there there is some uh, you know like evidence and stuff behind your the reason that you um, you make your picks, which is you know as a testament to your uh, your ability to focus. Oh no! I I put up I put two pee pee pads down on the floor. One <laughs> says the Bills, the other one says the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> where, whatever pee pee pad gets peed on most, that's what I'm rolling with. You don't know that's how I handicap? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, I, I do. I do. I do copious amounts of prep, uh, and 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 because I, I take. I, here's the thing. You know, I'm not just analyzing games for a living, right? I'm telling people how to spend their money, and so I take that seriously. I I, I feel yeah. like I feel like I have this like enormous responsibility because I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 full transparency as well. What I'm telling you to gamble on, I'm gambling on. Okay, I'm gambling on as well. So anyway, all right. So here we go. First and foremost, uh, and 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 not not a not a huge slate of games. Obviously, with just four remaining to pick from, but nonetheless, I, I want to get creative here and and get your thoughts on this. And I want to share a stat with you because a lot of these games are division rivals, right? So get this: since two thousand three, division division opponents in the postseason, road teams have covered sixteen eight and one. So, you know, and and you know this. When you when you play a team three times in the course of a season, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's so much you can throw out the window. Like, there's like yeah. you know, you know this team, you know its tendencies, you know its hiccups, you know you know the nook and crannies better than anyone else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, as a professional, by the time you get to that level, you're you're such a perfectionist. Like you you have this expectation of winning. So when you have to see the same individual the third time, like you've probably studied them a lot. But there's also the component of the the coordinator level. You know, there's a, a chess match that's going on, and that's something that you know I, I've been talking about in terms of you know as you finish up the end of the season, you know they're going to pull the tape from from you know the last couple of games that you had of the season, and maybe they'll pull something from that had some significance from you know earlier on in the season. But there's a chess match that's going on, you know, and they don't want to show everything. And so when you have a when you have a good coordinator, um, you have a good coordinator middle linebacker uh, relationship, and they can communicate and get you in some some good situations. I mean, this is the time. Like break that gra- glass case, pull out all the stops, and 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 uh and, and get it done. And that's that's a fun time because you get to see some of 
the the real brilliant minds. I had the the fortune of playing, you know, under some really really brilliant football minds on the defense side of the ball, and it's it's honestly impressive to watch them work and to watch them try to outmatch the uh, the other coordinator. So, with that being said, there's some there's some big spreads that are out here with division games in hand right and so the buffalo bills they're home they're favored by 13 and a half the over under is at 43 and a half now listen it's not just Tua and teddy b that are out for the dolphins two tackles on the offensive line their lead running back in mostert two of their top three corners are out they're one of their starting defensive ends and their safety is out and they're playing in cold conditions these are mammals they're not going to perform well now i do believe here's here's game script this is how i see this playing out I think this is going to be a complete blowout with and 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 by the way uh the Bills are a really good fast like fast start team. So I think the Bills get up early and I get think they get up a lot. And then this is a marathon not a sprint. And so I see the Bills and their coaching staff possibly benching and resting some players like a Josh Absolutely. Allen, like a Stefan Diggs. And I'm worried about the backdoor cover. Okay, so I'm staying away from from the line. And if I had to play the under, I would. But here's how I'm playing. And this is my first lock of the week. Dawson Knox, any time touchdown along with the Bills winning. It's called an in-game parlay. And by the way, you can get this at plus 250. Why? Knox has a touchdown in four straight games. In the last four weeks, he has become the second favorite target for Josh Allen, the Dolphins, 30th in defending the position of tight end. They're allowing an 80% catch rate and eight yards per attempt to tight ends. Josh Allen has five red zone touchdowns. There's a reason why tight ends are called security blankets. And so I see Knox scoring an anytime touchdown and the Bills winning. And again, you could get that at plus 250. That is my lock number one. That's how I'm playing this Bills-Miami game. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, your logic is is pretty good. You're thinking in terms of, of a coordinator and what areas of the defense they would want to attack. And, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Number two, and I don't want to get too into this because we're going to spend a lot of time with uh, Mike Tannenbaum, who's going to be joining us momentarily to start our third hour, doing a deep dive into the Giants. But I've been saying it all week. If you heard me on my Friday show, Saturday as well, I love this Giants team coming in. I think they check all the boxes. They're healthy. Last week they used as a bye week. Daniel Jones should have a field day against this Minnesota Vikings secondary. I love what Wink Martindale had to, Wink Martindale had to say in regard to getting after Kirk Cousins. I love this Giants team. So give me the Giants plus three. That's my lock number two. Although... I'm going to play them on the money line at plus 130, but but my lock is plus three. Just give me give me the points. You could get that at minus 115. So that's lock number two. I don't want you to comment on that, Kiwi, because we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a lot of comments yeah. on that on that we'll game coming up. And last but not least, I'm curious what you think about this. I'm looking ahead to that Monday night game, and give me the Bucks plus three. <laughs> the line right now, the line right now is two and a half. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy that up to three and I'm going to get that at minus 129. So what does that mean? I'm laying one hundred and twenty nine dollars down to win a hundred dollars. That's what that means. I'm buying it up. I'm buying the hook up to plus three. Why? Cowboys, they're coming in. They've lost two of four 
against Washington last week, and they had their starters, and they were playing to try to win the division. Yep. Keep in mind, they were scoreboard watching. It wasn't like Philadelphia was running away with the game against uh, the, the Giants. As we know, even though the Giants started their backups, they kept it pretty close. They only put up 182 total yards in only six points against Washington. On top of that, Dak Prescott has 15 interceptions in 12 games. 15 in 12 games. Dude's having a horrible season. And here's something really interesting, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Kiwi. This Dallas team has not been able to win on grass. Philadelphia, the Packers, the Jags, Washington, they play horrible on grass. I think a lot of that comes down to their equipment team. As we know, the Giants, they have one of the best in the business. I'm sure you can attest to that. There's a problem here when it comes to this team playing on grass. Well, and they it's, it's, will... not just, it's not just the equipment team. Yeah, I just had this conversation yesterday, which is, um, you know, at a certain point, I can't remember what year it was for me in the league, maybe like five or six, our um, training staff started testing us for allergies, and then they would um, alert us to what type of grass is being grown in the stadium because a lot of stadiums' grass is not indigenous to the area. So certain players had different allergies um, hmm. based on where we played, and they would give you allergy medication. And <laughs> that that that's the those are the types of details that um, most people will never see and never quite understand. But if you're going to play in in a field where you know you're allergic to the grass and you start wiping your face with your eyes, it's not the end of the world. Yes, you can play through it, but is it going to have an impact? on your game absolutely and so um those those are the kind of things that that i experience and that's why when i'm watching these games i'm like hey there's a lot that goes into it and dallas just is not does not look like they are entering the playoffs in the way that you would like uh, a potential championship team to to walk into it and tom brady has a lot of experience and we talk about him you know specifically because he is you know the orchestrator of of that offense and so i think they're they're definitely in trouble i like this pick for you um uh yeah, I, th- I think uh, Tampa Bay's got this one. Listen, it's not like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady is, is you know, taking over the world or anything down there in Tampa. But he is masterful in the two-minute drill. And here's another thing. The Dallas Cowboys, their defense has allowed 27 or more points to Gardner Minshew, Joshua Dobbs, and Sam Howell. And I'm sure folks out there are going, who the hell is Sam Howell? Yeah, he was a rookie quarterback that Washington drafted and played last week against Dallas. So um, if those cats could put up 27 or more points, let's be honest, Tom Brady is going to be able to put up 27, if not more points. So uh, my third lock of the week is the Bucks at plus three. So just to recap, Bucks plus three, I'm buying it up. So I'm laying 129. Daniel Knox touchdown and the Bills winning. That both has to happen. And that's at plus 250. And I do like the Giants getting the points at plus three. I always like to add in, some extra, extra for you. Um, some prop bets that I'm going to be playing. I like Jamar Chase to score a touchdown today for Cincinnati. I like Joe Mixon under 54 and a half rushing yards. Um, I also, I love, love Daniel Jones over 242 and a half passing yards. I've got an anytime, uh, at least one sack by Thibodeau at plus 145. So, so a little extra, extra. And last but not least, I am going to play a three-team, seven-point teaser. So what does that mean? I'm taking three teams, and I'm taking seven points per team, and I'm adding it 
to that that line. So how am I playing it? I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills and I'm going to tease them down to minus six and a half. So the Bills have to win by seven. I'm taking the Giants and I'm going to tease them up to plus 10. So the Giants could lose. They just can't lose more than 10 points. And I'm taking Cincinnati and I'm teasing them down to one and a half. So Cincinnati has to win by at least two points. And if all three of those things happen, guess what? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And, um, and I get that at plus 130. So little, little, little extra sauce for you today heading into Super Wild Card Weekend with four more games on the slate. Uh, that about to the TV today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's my life. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, so that concludes, of course, Locks of the Week as well as Kiwi's Keys to the Game. Quick break. We come back. We've got Mike Tannenbaum who's going to be joining us. Uh, we'll dive into his thoughts. We'll do an even deeper dive into this Giants-Vikings matchup, what we all like. Of course, we always end with our score predictions and all that good stuff. Also, the coaching carousel, it has started. So uh, we'll get uh, Mike's thoughts on that and a lot more we're going to dive into. Our third hour kicking off next, New York Game Day here on 90.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.